we do and kind of at the start of the week here Tuesday oh, an odd day what or is it an even day you think Tuesday's an Tuesday's an even day obviously duh but technically if Sunday is the first day of the week it would be an odd but Tuesday and Thursday just feel like even days I don't know why but um, so I decided why we didn't do one Monday is because I'm not doing another one Friday because it's New Year's Eve. So on weeks I'm not doing one Fridays, I'll do stuff Tuesday, Thursday instead of Monday, Wednesday. I just feel like it fits better. Um, but anyway, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Um, and I hope you all are ready for, you know, another ha- happy holiday coming up this weekend. Um, that includes a Rose Bowl played by the Ohio State University. Um, I'm excited to watch that. I hope you are too. I know there's some players sitting out, but uh, it'll be fun to see some some of the young talent on the team as well uh, going into next season. But today, we're not going to talk about that today. We got a full schedule of of the brownies for today. So that'll be exciting. So obviously the Christmas Day game did not go as planned. Somehow the game was kept close despite four turnovers. So you got to award the defense a little bit on that. Um just because you know there there were four turnovers, despite who you th- who you blame the turnovers on, there were four. Um, and the defense did a nice job of holding a prolific offense to twenty four points. Um, and a lot of that was Lafleur's play calling as well, but it wasn't all that. Um, I don't think he was trying to run out the clock when it was um, you know, getting close down the stretch. There, it was just good defense. And I was surprised as well that we were able to stop um, A.J. Dillon running all over us because he is he's a big guy, and I really thought that this would be the first t- first time that our uh, rookie linebacker would would struggle because he is a small he's the new type of linebacker he's small and he's quick he's like a he's like a big safety, and I thought this would be a game where he struggled because I thought A.J. Dillon would run him over. And they held their own against him. I mean, he A.J. Dillon did run him over a couple times. And Del Pitt. I thought both of those guys would struggle a little bit just because they're not, you know, those typical old-style linebackers and Dillon's an old-style running back. So I thought he'd just run over our defense, and we, we did a good job of managing him. Um, so let's we're going to jump into uh, talking chances at the playoffs for the Browns here. And everything kind of fell into place over the weekend um, with the Bengals beating the Ravens and the Chiefs beating the Steelers, both handedly win, win, uh, big wins for each team. Um, and now it's the Chiefs versus the Bengals uh, this weekend. So for the Browns to make it in the playoffs, I believe it is, um, I believe the Chiefs have to beat the Bengals, we have to beat the Steelers, the Ravens got to lose again. And then everyone's got to lose, and we got to play. We got to beat uh, the Bengals uh, for the last in the in the last week. 
Now, I've said several times on Twitter and on my blog that um, my blog, smalltownbias.com, I've said several times that I think that the Browns' season is over. I don't think they'll make it into the playoffs. You know, it's hard, it's hard to admit, but um, I just don't think it's going to happen this year. And I don't think I think it's going to be really challenging for anyone in the AFC North to make a wild card spot as well. But then again, the Chargers' loss uh, this week to the uh, Texans was huge for that, and could have major implications on the wild card uh, race. A game that I don't think anyone expected them to lose to the Texans, but um, you know that kind of stuff's been happening a lot this this uh, this year. So every team is competitive. Uh, you can't go into any single game this season and expect to walk out of it with an easy win. Uh, the Lions are super well coached to the point where they just are they're fighters. They they just they want to go out there and compete for their coach. And I believe the Texans, you know, Mills has looked good recently. Good on him. I don't know if he's the future there, but he's looked decent. And it's something that they maybe don't have to worry about a quarterback uh, next year. You know, it's not an immediate concern. Let's see how he does. And he's performed well. I mean, putting up 41 against the Chargers is no, that's no, there's nothing to sneeze at, you know? So, yeah, like I said, don't expect, I don't expect the Browns to make the playoffs. If they do, bravo. Uh, Very lucky. I don't think they deserve it, but hey, you know, I'm not going to complain. I won't I won't turn down my team making it to the playoffs anytime. Um but after the Christmas Day loss, anytime there's four interceptions in a game and you lose the game, there's going to be discussions about the quarterback play. Unless it's like Rodgers or Brady, it's just like, well, it was one of those days, you know. It rarely happens, but it happened. It's never happened with Baker, but it did happen Saturday. And people weren't putting it off as just one of those times. So, a lot of blame on the refs. A lot of blame on receivers. And a lot of blame on Baker. Just echoing around Twitter for the Browns. And fans are divided. It feel, it kind of seems like half of Cleveland hates Baker. And half of Cleveland is okay with Baker. And then the entire media hates Baker. I've never had a problem with Baker. He's, he's looked good. We can obviously win with him. We we you know, we made it into the playoffs last year and we won a playoff game with him. I mean, if you remember the last time the Browns did that, then you're older than I am. So I've I've never had many huge complaints about him besides he does overthrow quite a bit. But last year when he was healthy and the team was healthy, and the coaches, you know, were were in stride. 
Good play calling by Stefanski. The team looks good. The team can win. The team can beat anyone. Um, and with the defense how it is now, if we had this defense last year in Kansas City, I'm, I don't think we would have lost that game. And we might have been looking at a Super Bowl appearance. So, in any case, I think it will be rough making it into the playoffs as the four seed most likely seeing maybe the Colts or the Patriots. I wouldn't want to face the Colts. On Thursday, I'm going to do a ranking of my top, you know, uh, AF top four AFC NFC teams. I'm gonna rank those actually in order this time, not just the top four. I'm gonna put them in order of who I think the best teams are in each conference. Um, that'll be on Thursday, so tune in for that. But right now, I want to talk about Baker's uh, future in Cleveland. It feels obvious to me. You bring him back next year. Well, it felt obvious for me at the start of this season or after the Bears game. You sit him out, you make him have the surgery, and you start Case Keenum because you're not missing out on much. A little bit of mobility, that's what you're missing out on if you start Keenum over Mayfield. When Mayfield's hurt especially, you're you're literally missing out on nothing. He's hurt. Just start Keenum. You're, You're not hurting your chances much more. Keenum's a fine quarterback. He won 12 games in Minnesota. Just as good of a team as we have now. He's got plenty of guys around him. Uh, people would say otherwise about the receiving core, but if you don't remember Jarvis Landry having, you know, I think the most receptions since he was drafted in the NFL up until this year, then, I, I mean, if you don't think, Jarvis Landry is a good receiver, then you're kidding yourself at this point. Um, But yeah, I think it's been obvious. He needs to come back next year. He needs a year to be healthy because when he was healthy in the second half of last season, he was good. He was a top quarterback in the league, top 10 quarterback in the league. I wouldn't put him top five because I don't think he is. I don't think he has any special attributes that make him top five or make him elite. But he can manage a game, and when he's not making mistakes, there's a really good chance we can win. Because if you're a Browns fan and you can't admit that the quarterback play is not the reason that we win games and is not what they go for, then you're kidding yourself. We don't try to win with Baker Mayfield. We have an elite running game and an elite line, and we run the ball. We're like the Colts. The Colts are everything the Browns are dreaming they could be right now. And a lot of people don't like Carson Wentz either. And he's doing just fine. Like I predicted. But bring him back next year. I think it'll be a good season if he's healthy. And if he doesn't have a good season, then yeah, move off him. There's no excuse for it. If he's healthy and it's not a good season, then we move off him. I think that's fair. You gave him five years. He had one good season. You can't hold on to a quarterback and give him a huge contract for one good season. His rookie year was okay too, but 
he had a, I mean, he, he did have a good rookie season. So one and a half good years. Literally one and a half good years because the first, like, four games of the the uh, really good season last year, uh, he wasn't good either. So, But that was just because of a new coach, most likely, and plus that was the first year of COVID. But there you go. That's what I would I would give him another year if it if it's not a good season. And if it is because of injuries, then it might be time to move off of him too. Why would you want to keep a guy who's injured two years in a row? What's the point? He hasn't showed any flashes of extreme greatness. He's a I mean, he hit his ceiling last year. The last like 10 games, I think. That was his that is Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield ceiling. You're not going to get much much more craziness out of him. He's not going to become super tall or athletic anytime soon. Like, that was him. That's like, this is what you get when he's really good. And it's worth keeping. But if he's hurt again, it might be a time to consider moving off him again. Because why would you want a guy who's hurt consistently? You don't want that either. So, hurt or bad season, no. Healthy, good season, yes. I would keep him on. I would sign him, but I wouldn't sign him to a huge deal. They might end. They, I mean, just because of the quarterback market and how it is, they might have to anyway. I would like them to sign him for no more than twenty million dollars a year. I think that would be reasonable for him. And speaking of the off season, I want to go off of some of my top Browns off season moves for next year. See, I'm already. You, you might call me a quitter. I'm already kind of giving up on this season because I don't think they're a contender anyway because Baker's not going to get healthy. If they keep starting Baker not healthy, this team will not contend for any playoff games. It's a fact. Stop starting an injured quarterback. It seems really easy to me. Like, why would you do it? Just take him out. But okay, so these are some of the off-season moves I want to see. So I'm going to start with uh, uh, the key players we need to re-sign. So we either need to re-sign one of the two, Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson. We could also re-sign both and trade whichever one has the most market value. I don't know who that is right now. It, it probably is Kareem Hunt, but... Dearness Johnson is getting a lot of looks, too, as a young guy who hasn't been used very much. Some fresher legs, hasn't gotten injured like Hunt has. He might be a bigger market. We could re-sign both and trade one. But we need to bring back one of the two. I don't care who it is. It doesn't really matter. Either one. One of the two has to come back. But I would reach out in free agency as well. Um, well, let's let's wait for that. Um Back to the key players we need to resign. Ninjoku needs to come back. If we start actually using him in the games, I mean, you've seen some of the games where we decide that we're going to use him. He could be one of the most elite tight ends in the game because of his athleticism and his build. He's big enough to be physical, and he's athletic enough to run down the field. He's just an elite athlete, and I think 
he's just a key player that we need to get back. Uh, other than that, Malik McDowell, um, a young defensive tackle. I think he's like 26. Um, just really good to have for another few years. Uh, and then Clowney. I'd like to see Clowney back. Obviously, he doesn't have to come back. I'm sure there's another uh, edge player that's going to be available next year in free agency. So if we don't re-sign Clowney, and this is where I'll get into who we need to reach out for in the draft or free agency, um, if we don't re-sign Clowney, then we need to look for an edge in either the draft or free agency in the second round. And I'll segue that into our first round pick. It needs to be an Ohio State receiver. Either one. Or or the guy from Alabama who is also an Ohio State receiver, you know? <laughs> I count him as an Ohio State receiver when I say it just because I don't want to say the Ohio State receiver and the Alabama receiver. The Ohio State receivers. Um, any of them. I'll take any of them. Just do it. So, but I'd like Olave or Wilson, personally. Because I feel like the Browns don't draft enough Ohio State guys. Because the fans get really hyper about Ohio State guys staying in Ohio, in Cleveland, and Cincinnati. <coughs> and I think Cincinnati... Uh, has done a really good job of bringing in that kind of talent, like Bell. Um, they have Eli Apple, Sam Hubbard, um, another one. I don't remember, though. And I think it just gets the fans excited because we just spent four years watching them in college. Now we get to watch them in the pros, too. We get to watch them in the pros be great, and they have. They have been great. And Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I wish he was in Cleveland. Obviously, that didn't, you know, the year didn't pan out, but I love Joe Burrow back in Ohio, especially in his hometown in Cincinnati, like, or near his hometown in Cincinnati. So, in free agency, I'll get back to that. Maybe one more wide receiver after the draft, just to, just for a little bit more depth, but it's not 100% necessary. Definitely a defensive tackle. That's what I'd use my second round pick on. I would use my second round pick for a defensive tackle. Or if there's a big name in free agency, I'd grab him immediately. I think that's the one defensive spot that is a little weak right now. Um, another key player that I'd like to resign is Ronnie Harrison. Um, he's had a down year compared to last season. But I think he's a super talented young safety um, just a, he's a hard hitter, ball hawk, just one of my favorite players on the defense, and I think having him back next year would be great. Um, other than that, I'd look for a right tackle in free agency or the draft. If you take, if you take a, if you take a defensive tackle in free agency, draft a right tackle in the second round. If you take a right tackle in free agency, draft a defensive tackle in the second round of the draft. Um, just because Conklin's hurt too much. It's every season he's hurt. And we have a lot of injuries on the line. And then I trade Conklin. I trade Conklin immediately. Oh, or the guy behind him. Both, honestly. Trade both. Trade, I think it's Hubbard 
who we pay a ton of money to be a backup, and he's hurt too. So I'd trade both of them, uh, Conklin and Hubbard, both out, for me. They just hurt too much. Um, and another trade that I like to add to that, I already mentioned either Cream Hunt or Dearness Johnson. If you re-sign both of them, if you don't re-sign one, don't re-sign the other. And then I'd also trade Austin Hooper if you pick up Njoku. There's no reason in paying Austin Hooper what we pay Austin Hooper for not using our tight ends, especially when we have Harrison Bryan as well, who's also a, a really good tight end. We have the best tight end core in the NFL, and nobody knows it because we don't use them. So you don't need to pay Austin Hooper and Njoku that much money. I'd get rid of Hooper, and I'd re-sign Njoku. And this is a big one. You already see pictures of Russell Wilson in a Browns jersey. Uh, it's an obvious. If they blow, if Seattle blows up, and the Browns are not at least in the talk for trading for Wilson, then they're not doing it right. You don't have to get him, but you need to be in the conversation. Because, yeah, I just said... I don't mind Baker, but you can't compare Baker to Wilson. Wilson is elite. Again, not saying Baker's bad, but if you don't believe that Wilson is a little bit of another level, you're insane. So where I would go for him is probably... I'd go to firsts and Baker. That's probably the height I'd go to. I wouldn't be willing to give up three, I don't think, just because I'm not too disturbed about seeing Baker for another year. And Wilson's, you know, he's not old, but he's getting there. Um, and the reason I wouldn't is because I'm more excited about someone else on Seattle's team if they decide to blow it up. That's Bobby Wagner. There's been one position in recent years the Browns cannot figure out on defense, and it's linebacker, and they still haven't figured it out. Really good rookie draft. He's great. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo or something. I think that's almost right, actually. Um, he's great. We nailed one. That's the only one we've nailed. There's two more that are on the field most of the time. And if not one, and the one should be Bobby Wagner. Oh boy. If we could land Bobby Wagner, the defense next year would be great. We would have we would have more than one elite player on the field. Okay, Denzel Ward, no. We would have more than one elite player on the field. We'd have... We'd finally have two elite players on the field. And one in the middle of the field, finally. And I think it would be huge. That would That is 100% if Seattle blows it up, the Browns must trade for Bobby Wagner. Must get him. 100%. They have to go after him. I think that is a winning move if they can land Bobby Wagner in Cleveland. He is an elite an elite top of the league linebacker. 
it would be huge for the Browns to get him. And about Denzel Ward, he's very, very, very good. He's great. Until he starts winning some more one-on-one coverages, I won't call him elite because he's been embarrassed a little bit this year. But he's had a really good second half of the season, a good enough to put him in the Pro Bowl. So I think he's. I think next year is where he takes the step to elite. I think he's really coming into his own. He stays healthy next year, and he takes that step up to looking like a true number one corner. Um, he's still great either way, though. He he is still great either way. But yeah, that is that is like the top thing to do this off season. If Seattle decides they're going to blow up the franchise and rebuild, grab Bobby Wagner over Russell Wilson. I would much rather have Wagner over Wilson. I'm not as concerned about Baker as I am about that linebacker core. Right now, it's a bunch of old dudes that we that we shoved in there because it was so bad the year before. If you can get uh, Jeremiah and Bobby Wagner in the middle of your field, playing like mostly every down, then you have Del Pitt as a sub linebacker or Harrison. Oh, man, the defense will look extremely good next year. On top of that, add a new and a, a good defensive tackle. Just one more. Bring back Malik McDowell. So your tackles are good. You bring back Clowney. Your ends are good. You get Bobby. Your linebackers are good. And your corners are young. And they are... Newsom looks good. Really good. Ward is great. Your safeties, Delpit, um, John Johnson looks tremendous. Uh, Harrison, Ronnie Harrison, bring him back. Your secondary's great. Your linebackers are great. Your defensive line is great. It and on top of that, you bring in Wagner, who is just a team glue. He is the team glue. An absolute leader. I 100% want him more than I want Russell Wilson. But, like I said, if if Browns don't even look at Wilson, then, they've, then they make a mistake. You at least have to put an offer in, I think. And that's as far as I would go. I would, I would offer two firsts and Baker for Wilson. And I don't really know what Bobby Wagner will go for if they blow it up. I don't know what his kind of, I don't know what his stock is. Maybe you can put Hooper in with like a second round pick for Bobby Wagner. I don't know if that's something they're willing to accept. But you're not going to find anyone better in the draft than Bobby Wagner. So I would be willing to give a first round pick for Wagner as well. Who are you going to find that's better than Bobby Wagner in the draft? There isn't one. He's... He has been renowned as the best linebacker in the league for a while now. Now, do I think he's the best linebacker in the league? He's definitely, like, one of the best linebackers in the league. I've always been super high. I've been high on Devin White since he got drafted. I think he is... um, He's one of the best linebackers in the league, but Bobby is obviously elite and the 
I'll call him the best. If he comes to Cleveland, I will gladly call him the best linebacker in the league. Let me put it that way. Come to Cleveland, Bobby. I tweeted at him. Come to Cleveland. I don't even know if he's... He might be up for re, uh, free agency. I don't. I didn't look at his contract. That's for the GM to figure out of the Browns. Or if you want to make me the GM, I'll figure it out. Am, am I right? But yeah, there you go. That's the Browns offseason in my eyes. That's what I would do. There's a lot, but I think there should be a lot with how this season turned out. Um. Yeah, when you get picked for a Super Bowl and then you're under 500 going into week 17, there should be a lot of stuff that happens in the offseason. Just saying. Okay, we're done with the sports. We're done with the sports for, for today. Let's get into the let's get into the fun stuff, the uh, include everyone stuff. Right at 29 minutes, too. I should put like a... I'll put a note in the description. Like, if you don't want to listen to the sports stuff, skip to 29 minutes. Or, you know, I'm going to do that. Wow. Okay. All right. It's the first episode of the week. So, of course, we have the three, the big three. I still don't know what to call these. But we got the watch of the week, the recipe of the week, and the game of the week. Let's start it off good with the watch of the week. I've already mentioned it in like two previous episodes of um, my podcast um, that I watched the new Spider-Man and I haven't given any spoilers, so I'm happy about that. But the watch of the week is the rest of the Spider-Man series, just all of them. Tobey Maguire one, Andrew Garfield one, um, and and the uh, the new ones. You can look back on the old ones and realize just how terrible they are compared to the new ones. Just how awful the writing was compared to the new the new Spider-Man movies. It is really um, amazing how far we've come. Because uh, if you watch the Tobey Maguire ones like I did, they are god-awful. And um, compared to uh, the new ones with Tom Holland. And the Andrew Garfield ones are worse than the Tobey Maguire ones. If you, but if you can remember back to when there were no one, were, there were no Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland before Homecoming, before you know Captain America: Civil War, before he was introduced. If you can remember back, you can you can appreciate that both the Tobey Maguire ones and Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans were both you know pretty good i enjoyed both when they first came out Uh, obviously i I don't even know if i was alive when the toby Maguire one first came out but i remember watching them and they were enjoyable but the new ones are just so much better um and a lot of it has to do with just the writing the writing is so bad in especially andrew garfield's but because I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I think he was great as Spider-Man. But the writing is so awful in that in those movies. Like, yeah, yep, this one this yep, this one should have been canceled. This is terrible. Like I I wouldn't have watched a third one. I only watched the second one once. I watched it for the second time in my life just like 
yesterday. So, there you go. I just critiqued all of the Spider-Man series. Great job, Tom Holland. He is my favorite Spider-Man as well. He's he's he fits the he fits the bill like perfectly. Awkward teen. Andrew Garfield looked old. Like he doesn't look old. He looked like a he looked older. He didn't look like a high schooler in his Spider-Man. So now, also the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield ones followed the same exact plot both times. So it just kind of gets old, you know? And I like how for Tom Holland's, they skipped the whole backstory, bitten by radioactive spider. They skipped all of that. They got straight into the action. And they followed a different plot, finally. Um, weapons dealer instead of some rich scientist who is, you know, testing some product on themselves to you know, because their funding is about to get cut if they don't start trials now. So they're starting them on themselves. That is literally the plot of both the first movies of both Spider-Man series. And instead, in Tom Holland's, it's a weapons dealer. I mean, it's not... It's not like a crazy, awesome villain plot in in the first in Spider-Man Homecoming. But it's better than the same exact plot both times. Okay, that's Watch of the Week. Oh boy. Okay, now we got Recipe of the Week. I don't really know what to put for this one. I kind of thought back to um, what I've been eating, as I always do. And I will post this one on the blog afterwards. Um, I got a meatball sub. I'm a big fan of meatballs. Um with spaghetti by themselves you know but I do love a meatball sub it's a great way to use leftover meatballs um and honestly I would just make meatballs to have them on a meatball sub I wouldn't even need them with spaghetti just make the meatballs put them on the sub they're good meatball subs are good okay so yeah, not much more to say about that one. I will post that um, on my blog today after this is over. The recipe of the week, meatball sub. Go have one. Don't go buy one. I don't even think Subway does them anymore. They weren't bad at Subway, but I don't think they do them anymore. Okay. So now I have the game of the week. Again, couldn't think of this one either. Cause I really haven't. It's you know, it was a busy week. It was it was Christmas, and you know, I really didn't pe- play that many games. But um, I'll I'll put for game of the week. I'm I'm doing Retro Bowl. Uh, it's a it's a iPhone game or a um smartphone game. Uh, free to get, free to play. Just download it on the App Store. Google Play, whatever. I don't know if it's on Google Play or not. So, sorry if it's not. Not sponsored. Just to let you know. But, um... Yep. It is a mobile game. It is football. Um, and I spent, like, a week playing it. Like, non-stop. So, it was addictive for, like, a week. It's fun. I'd enjoyed it. 
There's not much to it. It's just kind of fun. So go out and download that for free. Oh, oh, they're playing me off. Oh, boy. Okay, well, we'll see you next time. Thursday. Adios.